This is a special multi-part series called Have Gi Will Travel, A Philosophical Journey. If you don't want to wait for new episodes to drop, you can listen to or watch this entire series as a supercut on Patreon or Ko-Fi. Part 3. Default Roles do the impossible, see the invisible, row, row, fight the power, touch the untouchable, break the unbreakable, row, row, fight the power. I used to be a successful loan officer, among many other roles. Before that, I was a successful financial advisor, all for the same company. I transferred to whatever department was making the most money. This was before the financial crisis. I was a bloodsucker. But that's how we define success, by making lots of money for our companies. Billionaire CEOs now have fan clubs, give talks like preachers, and write best-selling books. Not best-selling business books, but books the mainstream gobble up while kicking aside Pulitzer Prize-winning fiction. We have reality shows about poor people and their debt collectors. Advertisements are cool and trendy. And we hate on independent content creators like YouTubers and podcasters and love HBO and Disney. We're fans of brands and enemies of each other. And CEOs and dictators are our heroes. I mean, we're pretty fucked up. I was fucked up. I was mixed up. I wasn't living my own life. I was a cartoon. But after the 80s, we all became cartoons. We can all get sucked into stereotypical roles on bad faith. This is Jean-Paul Sartre and Simone de Beauvoir's argument. In bad faith, human beings, under the spell of social forces, give up their innate freedoms to adopt inauthentic values. Lots of times, we find stereotypes to be true and find living, breathing cliches. I was basic. All I did was build rapport, network, and small talk. I was a series of 50 funny catchphrases playing on random shuffle. And at work, I was always closing. I was even taught a script that was like a choose your own adventure. If they do this, I do this. If they do that, I overcome that objection with this. All ending with the close. My bosses even told me I was like a machine. But that's supposed to be some sort of compliment. But it's a compliment like being told you're a paperweight is a compliment. It's fucked up, but we love it. We love being complimented as if we were furniture. Think about this. Are stereotypes and cliches based on real people? Or are real people assuming the roles of stereotypes and cliches? And how can you tell? You can't. To the observer, it'll look the same. Only the person living the bad role can know. But only if they can muster some self-awareness. That's the struggle. You might know someone who took a new job, or perhaps they had a midlife crisis. Whatever the event, now they've become a caricature. Did the job, or going to nightclubs every night to find their youth again, change them? Or did they assume a role? Someone takes a personality test, and they get a result. They're an introvert. Now, all of a sudden, they're quieter than before. Did they take on a role? How about a guy before and after he joins a fraternity? or a person's demeanor after plastic surgery? How come some people, after they start training a Chinese martial art, begin to sound like a fortune cookie? 
especially when there is no part of their training that's about sounding like a fortune cookie. You go on a diet, but begin to shame yourself. Is that part of the diet or you just think it's a part of the diet? Is Kim Kardashian ever Kim Kardashian or is she always a cartoon character? And does she know herself from the cartoon? Do we even know her from the cartoon? As a child, when someone told you you were smart, that you were special, did that change you? If it were just an observation, what was being described wouldn't need to change, or it would alter what was being described. But we change. We assume the role. So what are we doing? If we were already smart and special, why do we need to act smarter and more special? Life imitates art imitating life. The most common question when you meet someone new, besides their name, is to ask what they do. I argue that asking for the name is out of obligation. The name usually isn't that important for the person asking. It'll be gone in a few seconds anyway. The real information people want is the role. What role do they play? We forget names, but we remember what people do. What was your wife's name again? We've come to value the role, but not the individual. In knowing their role, we believe we know who they are, even though the name is a signifier of who they are as an individual. When we talk about someone, we might say, she's like that because she's a lawyer, or he's like that because he's an artist. The role explains everything. You know how moms are. You can't even explain why you have a certain interest without explaining it with a role. No longer people, we believe we are our roles. We own our roles, even our faux preferences. I'm really into fill in the blank because of some fill in the blank role you think you're supposed to play. You can't just be into or not into something because that's your preference. Your role is the explanation of your preference. It's because I'm a Gemini. I'm not being rude. I'm just type A. You know how us Asians are. Why do you know so much about food? Oh, because I'm a foodie. You can't just have an interest because that's what you're interested in. It has to be an extension of your role. If I like or read about history just because, I'm a weirdo. But if I'm a history student, a history teacher, or just call myself a history buff, then it's totally fine. If I know about Filipino culture and I'm not Filipino, and I know about it just because I was curious, then it's strange. But if I say I'm the boyfriend of a Filipina, or my role was as the non-Filipino friend growing up around Filipinos, then it's pretty cool. But why isn't it cool just to know stuff? Just as saying, I don't like cheese. It's not my thing. It's not your preference. So what are they going to say? But you know what makes people mad? I hate cheese. Cheese is disgusting. You're offending millions of cheese lovers. You're no longer respecting to each their own. You're no longer speaking for yourself, but for everyone else, and making a claim that their preferences are wrong. But that's what we tend to do, and that's why we tend to piss each other off. Some people mistake this for being authoritarian or thought policing. That's too charitable, because at least that means we have some preference we're forcing on others. Unfortunately, what's probably happening is we have some default programming and assume it's a universal default and are mortified to find that our default might not be universal. What? We all aren't programmed the same way? 
You don't want to think your programming is off, that you're a broken robot. So you reframe it to make it seem like it's everyone else who is wrong, who is broken. But my question is, rather than being horrified that you're programmed differently from others, that we are not all the same, why not just be horrified that we are all slaves to our programming? I'm not horrified by what horrifies people. I'm horrified by people. This might be too meta, but as a human who can think his own thoughts, I can do that. So can you. We hate on meta, but that's horrifying. That's literally hating on being a non-robot, also known as a human. Or, to state it simply, there's a difference between a human being and being human. If you don't want to wait for the next episode of Have Gee Will Travel, you can listen to or watch this entire series as a supercut on Patreon or Ko-Fi.